Good evening and welcome back to Answering Religious Error on our Tuesday night show we call Keeping My Head On Straight. We're thankful that you have tuned in tonight, whether it be through Facebook or through YouTube. And uh, we want to tell you about some other programs that we have going on throughout the week. And uh, we'll, of course, remind you that tomorrow is our Wednesday afternoon live Bible Q&A, which you can be a part of if you'll just uh, send any questions that you might have to questions at answeringreligiouserror.com and uh, we'll put those in the lineup and we'll try to get to them as soon as possible uh, but uh, we will tell you about that up front and we'll remind you again at the end of this program so please stay tuned for just a little bit and uh, we'll tell you about all the programs uh, that we know of and are associated with uh, throughout the week but as always this is keeping my head on straight every Tuesday night uh, here at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time so please tell others about it share it on your Facebook pages and tonight we are going to be talking about, um, well, uh, we might say it's a game for the young, but it's not really, especially when you look at the fact that we all uh, are concerned about dating and whether you have found that person you're going to spend the rest of your life with or not. Uh, you know somebody that that needs to find a Christian mate. You know somebody that maybe it's your children, maybe it's your grandchildren, and you have concerns about the people that they're going to spend their lives with. So how do we find the right person. You know, that's a question that comes up quite often when people say, how do I find the right person? And we'll be talking about those things tonight. And so for the Christian in particular, uh, it might seem like your choices may be limited. Uh, everyone wants to find the right person, no matter who you are, but sometimes people will compromise their faith uh, so they can have companionship. And so we need to discuss the dangers of, of that as well. Uh, where should we go to find someone? What are the expectations uh, when we are dating and I'm uh, maybe even alone together? Uh, what uh, should we seek a person out because we want to, you know, save their souls and take a person out of the world? Uh, those are things that come up quite often. And um, are we trying to find someone, though, that helps us in our relationship with Christ? That's, I think, first and foremost, when we look at uh, what our goals are in dating is that we look for someone that's going to help us get to heaven. And so what are some warning signs that we need to be aware of? And uh, our brethren tonight will share some of their insights and thoughts with you as we look at God's word to answer the question of dating. So uh, good to see you uh, guys tonight. We have a full house uh, this evening. Good to see Mark Dunnigan with us, Bob Myhan, Mark Gibson, and uh, and Terry Benton. I think we're all kind of back in the regular schedule of things, and so uh, it's uh, good to be able to study with you tonight. Before we get into our study, though, uh, let's bow in prayer and uh, give God thanks. And uh, Terry, would you mind uh, leading us in that prayer? And then Mark, you can uh, lead us off with our study right after that. Okay, uh, let's bow in prayer. <clears throat> Dear God, we thank you for life and health and the ability to move and have our very being. Thank you for all the good, perfect gifts that you give us and shower upon us daily. And thank you for Jesus who gave his life for us. Thank you for the church that he purchased with his own blood. And thank you for the Holy Spirit that revealed your word. Help us to be wise stewards of all of these spiritual blessings in Christ and help us to share the word of God with those who are hungry for truth. 
and pray that there will be those who are listening who are hungry for truth. Uh, help us to be wise to share it and bless us as we uh, work in our different locations. Help us to be a light where we are and help us to hold forth the word of truth to a lost world. Give us that strength and wisdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, great to be on the show. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for that prayer. Chris, Bob, Mark, great to see you tonight. Um, you know, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And then I find over in 1 Timothy, chapter 5, and in verse 14, therefore I want younger widows to get married. And so it's it's not impossible. And, and I hope those listening tonight, or if you know someone who says, man, I've been looking, I've been looking, I can't find anybody. It, it's generations before you, generations before you found people to marry. And, and the Bible assumes that he who finds a wife, that this is not an impossible task. And as Chris noted, you might say, okay, but I'm a Christian and so my choices are more limited. You want them to be more limited. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. It, it's just kind of like, Chris, if I go to the Dollar Tree, I'm probably not going to, I don't buy a whole lot of stuff at the Dollar Tree, okay, or at the dollar store. And so I might, so if I go there, there might be a couple of things I can find, but my choices are pretty limited there. Well, yeah, because it's a Dollar Tree and I'm looking for something a little higher quality than what's there. And I think that's the same thing with um, the book of Proverbs chapter 31 speaks of the worthy woman and it speaks of her husband that he's known in the gates. You're looking to, if you're a man, you're looking to find that woman that will help you be known in the gates and, and, and will help bring about the best in you. And so, Chris, let's, throw, let's toss out that first question tonight. Here comes our first dinner roll for the evening. Uh, be ready. Be ready. There, Mark, Mark Gibson got it there, okay? Bob, you got a little, a little slow on the draw there, okay? How do you find, what if, we, we've all heard this from people, Chris, and a lot of this, too, is for our audience. Young people are going to ask them, too, and so we're kind of like, how would you answer a question like this? If someone said, well, well how do I find the right person? Um, and what do you got, you guys, as we start out tonight on that particular question? You know, we need to make sure that we, first of all, that we associate with the right kind of people. If you associate with the wrong kind of people, you're going you're gonna to choose a, a wrong wife, a wife that is not going to be helpful to you. First Corinthians 15, 33, the Apostle Paul says, may not deceive evil communications or bad company, in some translations, corrupt good manners. And so we, first of all, we need to make sure we have uh, around us people who will be an encouragement to us, people who will not uh, have a bad influence on us. You don't want to associate with people who uh, tell dirty jokes. You don't want to associate with people who uh, drink a lot of alcoholic beverages or, or who, who go to dances, uh, use bad language or laughs at those who worship and serve God. These, these people should be crossed off our list. We need to go to those people to take them the gospel, but we don't need to be engaging in everyday activities. I don't think with those people any more than we have to, uh, for our job, etc., or at, at the market and our closer associates should be 
people who are going to be an encouragement to us. And, and that's, that's where we look for a wife, the associates that we have made that are being going to be an encouragement to us. She may be a Christian. She may not be a Christian, but uh, if she's not a Christian, she's one who wants to be, and she wants to be an encouragement to me. She wants to help me go to heaven and she wants me to help her go to heaven. That's the kind of person I need to, I need as a wife. I think first of all, I think first of all, what, what we need to, to concentrate on is, uh, am I going to be the right person? I'm looking for the right person, but am I first of all, the right person for somebody else that's looking for the right person? So am I the right person for them? Uh, when a person is looking for the right person and they're not themselves the right person, they just want somebody that's going to pick them up and maybe help me be a little better. You may find yourself dragging the right person down and then you, you've not accomplished anything. What you've got to do is be the right person first and that will attract the person that you're looking for, the right person because they're looking for a companion as, as, uh, as Bob says, somebody that is not going to corrupt their good standards. You've got a good standard. You've, you've established the good standard. You don't want anybody to, uh, to bring that standard down and you don't want to lower your standards just to have a, uh, a companion, uh, because evil companions corrupt good morals and then uh, that leads then to self-destruction and eternal destruction. So that, that's not a good combination. You've got to find yourself being the right. Now, Paul told Timothy, he says, till, um, he says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example. Be an example to the believers in word. That is what you say and how you say it uh, in conduct, how you behave yourself, can conduct yourself in love, be an example of what a person that is, that practices living under the principle of love, that they love everyone. And that's easy to detect. Uh, be an example in spirit. That is that there is spiritual enthusiasm here, uh, that there is, an example in faith. You're looking to be that person and you're, so that you will attract that kind of a person to you. And uh, in purity, you'll find yourself going to more gospel meetings. You'll find yourself uh, going to more gospel meetings because that's where spiritual people are. That's where people of that have enthusiasm for spiritual things. That's where you'll find them. So how are you going to find the right person? Well, you got to be the right person. And that's got to, that's, that starts with being an example and having the right qualities built inside of your faith and in your, your uh, priorities, your principles, your value system. When that's established, then you, you start to be the right person and you can attract the right person. Those are some of my thoughts. Terry, that was a great observation. Uh, you know, wh wh where's book, chapter and verse girl going to be? If you're wondering, I wonder where my future spouse is tonight. Well, they're probably at worship. They're, they're probably at a gospel meeting. That's for probably book, chapter and verse girl is going to be great observation. Mark Gibson. 
Uh, Chris put up a couple of comments that had come in. Those were excellent. Someone mentioned that the, the right person is a godly person, and that's what uh, that's what Terry was getting at and Bob. Uh, also, one who seeks the kingdom of God first. Um, both of those uh, will be people that will be make me better. Those are kind of questions we need to ask. Will this person make me a better person or a worse person? Will this person help me get to heaven? Uh, I think about what Peter wrote there in 1 Peter chapter 3 to the husbands, verse 7. You husbands dwell with them, with their wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life. Um, the idea is that we walk together the same direction. Those who have two different minds walk opposite ways, and that's why often marriages between Christians and non-Christians are very difficult. Uh, we want to walk the same direction so that uh, we can be heirs together of the grace of life. And I need to think, is this person going to be the kind of person that will help me gain eternal life and that I can help them gain eternal life? Or have we, are we of different minds? There's a red flag, and we'll be talking about red flags eventually, but that's a red flag there. We need to talk. We need to listen. We need to watch. We need to know who's that. We thought about, Bob mentioned associating with uh, good people. Well, what kind of people do he or she associate with? What's their friend structure look like? Well, that's the kind of people they like to be around. Is that the kind of people I want to be around? What about their family? Is their family encouraging them to be on the right path, to be godly people? Or is their family encouraging them to live opposite of what should be? So there's a lot of considerations as to what might be the right person. But take your time. No one needs to be in a hurry. Be selective. This is one of the most important choices you would ever make in this life. And may I say, not everyone may want to make that selection. We're talking about dating, looking for the right person. Uh, and we know the Bible in Genesis, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. But not everyone chooses to do that. And if you're single and uh, and desire to stay that way, that's fine too. Um, Jesus was single for 30 some years and did a lot of great things. Paul was a single man and look at the great things he did. So don't feel pressure. To have to go out there and make a decision right now because pressure can make a person make the wrong decision. And a lifetime is a long time of regret. Uh, so be very, very careful that if you want to make a decision to have a mate, you make the very best decision you can do so and take your time and use all godly principles in doing so. I'm not trying to discourage young people from, uh, you know, seeking those relationships, but understand too, that you need to develop your character in a godly way in order to be that right uh, fit for someone else. Obviously a conversation like this isn't about casual dating. Uh, when you talk about Christians looking for, uh, you know, somebody to have companionship with, they kind of get on the fast track toward marriage. And, and that's ultimately the qualities that you're looking for uh, in someone. It doesn't mean that you won't, you know, have to date, you know, here and there or maybe a few people to get to know them. And just because someone is, quote unquote, a Christian doesn't automatically make them the right fit 
uh, for you. There are, of course, you know, guidelines that must be followed in regard to uh, the relationship that you share with someone. Um, you don't have to, you know, live with someone to know what they're like. You don't have to have a sexual relationship with someone before you're married. Uh, the bed is undefiled in marriage, as Hebrew says. But there's a lot that is in regard to the differences between a man and a woman and the responsibilities of each. For instance, Ephesians chapter 5 uh, deals a lot, not only with the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ through the church, but it gives the comparison that people should obviously know. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's a very sacrificial uh, kind of relationship. And for women, that's the kind of man you want to find. But the same as vice versa. Uh, I think we mentioned Proverbs 31 earlier in the, the lesson. And, you know, when I look at the qualities of a woman that would lift her husband up, I look at that and say, that's what I also want to do for my wife. Uh, I want to have the same qualities that that woman has in Proverbs 31 without, of course, the obvious <laughs> exception to those things. Ephesians 5.33, however, let each of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay, we look at the command, wife, respect your husband. Well, are you a husband that she's going to respect? And, you know, that's a give and take. It's not just following a set of commands. It's a it's about putting ourselves in a position to make sure that I'm a person that she will respect. And, um, you know, when you look at this fast track to marriage, I, I just have to say in my own example and relationships, I always like to I joke about it, but it's kind of true. I met my wife in the church um, and I often like to say if it were not for God in our lives, she never would have married a dork like me. <laughs> But what's the most important thing that we had going for us? A common love for the Lord. And, and that was first and foremost. And uh, everything else tends to fall into place. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to deal with rough edges and overcoming um, you know, certain trials throughout life. Um, you're looking for perfection. Well, you're not going to find it, but you grow to be it. And, uh, you know, for all these years that we've been together, I, I wouldn't want to go back to day one. I love what we've become. I love the love that we have now, even though we're getting older and we're different people, we've done it together. And, you know, the old saying, grow old together, it does mean something. But we have a lot of questions to cover tonight and some of these points uh, we might be able to cover as well. So uh, go ahead, Mark. I think Terry had one observation here, Chris, and then we'll toss up that uh, next question. Okay, I was going to just throw in how do I how do I find the right person? Uh, when I was a teenager, I remember that you would rank and rate the girls one to ten. That's a ten, and it was all based on looks. And I think that that was a serious mistake that that. Uh, was ingrained in us as we were growing up is that you look for the best looking, the best looking girl. And, uh, and, and that was how you rated. And that was, and that's so superficial. Uh, it's, it's so unwise as well, 
because you don't know what you're getting in that package. You're getting in a package, a spirit, a heart, a set of values or lack of values. You, you may get hatefulness. You may get uh, a, a person that is always angry and always um, will torment you. Uh, those are things that you don't want. You can get the most attractive body, but the most ugly spirit. And so if you're going to find the right person, don't, don't base it on looks is the point. Don't do that. that. That becomes a serious mistake. And in many cases, if they rated you back, you may not get the, you may not make the 10 yourself. So don't expect things to be based on looks. I remember as a teenager in high school, went to a new school and I saw this girl and I thought, that's the ugliest girl I believe I've ever seen. And I said, who would ever, who would ever uh, be interested in her? And by the end of the year, as I got to know her, her spirit was so kind and so gentle and such a lovely spirit that I, by the end of the year, I asked her out for a date. So it, it changed my mind because I was seeing the quality inside this person and it was a beautiful thing. So don't, you're not going to find a 10. Don't expect that you're going to get a 10. That's both a 10 inside and out. And if you're only going for the 10 on the out outside, you're, you're going to really um, uh, set you up for, set yourself up for a lot of misery. So, to find the right person, don't base it upon physical appearance. Look in the heart and find character. And that you can live with for the rest of your life. Terry, great observations. Uh, you know, keep yourself in the game. Uh, be out there. Uh, be at worship Wednesday night, Sunday night, uh, Bible classes, etc. Need to keep yourself in the game uh, because that's where, uh, where will the godly people be? Uh, where will the future powerhouses in the church be tonight or tomorrow? And that's where you need to be. Chris, what's the next question we have that we'll be taking a look at tonight? And this is one I think at times I run into people going like, hey, you know, I'm out there not popular being a Christian. There are certain things the Bible teaches that are not culturally acceptable now and really never have been. Um should I keep my faith to myself lest I scare off a potential husband or wife? And my thought on this is there are people that you want to scare off. Uh, individuals that are not going to follow God and they're not all in, you want to scare those people off. You want to scare off the chameleons. And, uh, and that's why I think it's really important that up front, uh, you don't keep your faith to yourself. In fact, there's a, there's a very basic passage in the Bible. Don't put your light under the bushel. Uh, you're a city set upon a hill. What are you doing? I think, I think Jesus and the Apostle Paul would find this a really weird question. Um, there, there are to be no secret disciples. But gentlemen, what do you have? Well, you took the passage I was going to use, Mark, but that's all right. But the problem is if you're going to win someone by hiding your faith, you're going to have to keep it hid to keep them. So what, what kind of life is that going to be? Well, a, a life of compromise and putting Christ second 
which God said is unacceptable. If we love mother, father, uh, and even wife and children more than him, we are not worthy of him. And to compromise who we are and what we believe and our stand for Christ for even the closest relationship on this earth is unacceptable to God. And it should be unacceptable to us. Our faith should be right out front when we encounter potential dates and mates so that they may see who we really are. Otherwise, we're deceiving them. And that, Terry, is not being the right kind of person to attract the right kind of person. Mark, I think you make that great point because basically you want to start your dating relationship with transparency and honesty. This is who I am. This is what I believe. These are my standards. These are the virtues I hold to. These are the things that I will not do even on pain of death. Uh, this is the path I'm on. This is the choice I'm making. And, and, and you're free to come with me. But don't be coming with me unless you, if you're not going to stay on this path. I, I like to be very upfront. And e even if it's another Christian, it's like, hey, there are members of the church and there are members of the church. I'm one of those that's all in. And that's who I'm looking for. Terry, did you have a thought? Yeah, I was thinking along the same line. How can how can they be the right person and not be open to spiritual values, to hearing about it, to knowing about it up front? And so if you've got to tiptoe around a person uh, in your faith, you don't you don't want that person. Uh, and if if you can't talk to them up front about it, then what makes you think that it's going to get any better later on? So uh, I think the same point that Mark was making. Terry, great observation about tiptoeing around them. I mean, yeah, the, the last person in the world you want to marry is somebody who's walking eggshells. And the reason I say that is because you're going to go through hard stuff together. You're going to bury your parents probably. You're going to deal with some teenage kid stuff you're going to deal with maybe some like relatives that need to be put in their place or next door neighbors or et cetera. And if you got somebody that ooh, don't say anything, well, it just reminds me of my cousin who had to kill a rattlesnake in her yard one night because it killed her cat and her boyfriend stayed at the kitchen table and stayed inside. And when she came back in, she thought to herself, as he said, what was happening outside? Time to get a new boyfriend. That's what was happening. You, you want you want somebody who doesn't wilt when the chips get down. Bob, you got a thought? Yes, I would ask uh, this person who 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 might ask this question. Uh, would you want somebody who kept her faith to herself uh, so as not to attract you? Uh, would you want somebody to keep their lack of faith to themselves? Uh, we've got to be open. There's, there's probably, this is the second most important decision a person can make. The first, of course, is to become a Christian. And the second is to find a, a spiritual mate, spouse, uh, whether you're a boy or girl, who will help you go to heaven. And we all need all the help that we can get. Our main help, our main source of help, of course, is going to be from God through his word. But we also need somebody to stand by, study with us, and to help us come to better understand that word and to 
uh, to help us to apply it consistently to our lives. And especially do we need to make sure that we're going to not only have a shared faith, but we're going to share that faith with our children and, and hope to uh, have the most positive influence we can on them. Chris, I, I know about you, but I think on this question, th there are people out there, Chris, and there might even be some professed Christians out there. But when you're young, there could be people that you're dating that are kind of going to, I think they're going to push you a little bit. Like, you really believe that? I, I see you put on a good public walk. What are you like in private? Is that really your standards? Because I, I think you will encounter people that basically they're going to test you on this. And that's why you need to be up front and you need to stick to your guns and hold to your convictions um, because you want to love, you want to marry somebody who loves God more than they love you. And you want to be a mate like that too, is that I love you, but I don't love you more than God. And right. because of that, I will always treat you in your best interest. And I'm all in. Uh, Chris, I like what someone said. Mar marriage is a, zero-sum game, you either play the game or you don't. There's mm -hmm. no halfway being married. There's no, you go in at like, eh, I'll see what it's like in a couple of years. No, you go in and say, I'm in for the long haul. I'm in for life and no halfway thing. And that's the only way it works. Right. And that's kind of the problem with the question like this is you've got two issues. We'll start at the end of it. You know, a potential husband or wife, well, they're going to want to know everything about you, including your faith. That's going to, if they are thinking potential husband or wife, they're also thinking these things as well. The problem is people get themselves into a disagreement. One person will share their faith. The other person will back down. And that brings us to another problem of the first part of this question. Should I keep my faith? Well, that's the problem. That's not faith. That's not faith in God. You know, there's an old saying that you want to find somebody you can bring home to mom. Um, you know, well, is there somebody you can bring home to God? You know, our father in heaven. And if that's something that you can't share with somebody else, um, you, you got other things that need to be worked on. But yeah, uh, what and, else do we have, Mark? Well, and how about this question? Will they bring you home to God? Yeah. Absolutely. Because... Yeah, have you just married friend or foe? Mm -hmm. Because a mate can a mate can be the best friend you ever have, and a mate can be the worst enemy. Uh, well, you know, I think it leads into this next question pretty good yeah. too, because when you don't know somebody, we we have to beware. We have to look at the signs. Mm -hmm. And you know, why would you keep something good in your life away from somebody? Usually, people hide the evil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> why why would you hide the good? That just doesn't make any sense. I would say first one red flag is if you're uh, someone's trying to get you to compromise uh, your your faith in some area. Uh, they're kind of pushing the boundaries. Uh, we, we can we can we, we we can get into some physical intimacy because technically technically you know we're kind of already promised you know all that a, a chameleon that's a chameleon right there right there and call call him on him or her on that. And say, get behind me, Satan. Yeah, that, that, see what they see what they do on that one. Um, but I would, to, to me, Chris, it would also be things like, uh, what's their attendance like? What's their attentiveness in Bible class? 
what sort of questions do they ask? Do they say anything? Um, how do they behave in private? And I, I don't know, the other, the other thing, Chris, to me is, and maybe it's just me, but if I'm going out on a date, I'm someone expecting the other p person to have their best foot forward. And, it, <laughs> and if it's a kind of an epic fail of what they're putting forward, I mean that to me, to me, to me, that's a you know some guy shows up does has it bathed or brushed his teeth or combed his hair or whatever. That is that the best? I mean, <laughs> okay, kind of keep in mind, okay, you know if this is the best, then okay. Um, Mark Gibson, you got any thoughts on this? Well, I I pick up on one thing you said there. Uh, who are they like privately? Someone once told me that if you want to know who a person really is, watch them when they when you know they don't know you're watching them. In other words, watch them with their friends. Watch them when they're in certain situations. Now, I'm not saying spy and all that. Well, maybe I am. But, uh, but the idea is, and even if you know someone that knows them and they can let you know, well, this is this kind of person. If you mention I'm, Hey, I'm dating so-and-so and they give you really, uh, that might be a red flag. Um, I never would have thought that they said, or, or find out sometimes a person's real, uh, character will come out in times of stress, times of anger, uh, times of, uh, fear you'll find the real person because all of a sudden what they may have had hidden comes out because they can't hold it anymore. And the language they use, the attitude they show and all that may show you the real person inside. Uh, it may be a wonderful thing that they handle it just the way you would want them to handle it. Or you may say, whoa, uh, I didn't really realize that was the, that was the kind of person they were in those situations. Because like you said, Marriage, you're going to have a lot of stressful situations, fearful situations, uh, stressful situations, and you need to know, and that doesn't mean people can't change and mature and grow, but you've got to start with something, uh, a, good, a good path, a good mind, a good heart. But if someone doesn't have a good heart and a good mind, it's going to be an awfully difficult road for them and for you. That's my thoughts. Yeah, oh, can Mark, I, you know, basing off of what you said there, it kind of reminded me that, uh, you know, if you run into those situations early, break it off early before you get too invested into it emotionally. You know, a lot of people in the world think that they are other people's saviors. Uh, sometimes girls think they're going to change a guy or vice versa. And uh, somehow or another, we want to waltz in and, and make this person a better person. Um, why do you put that kind of expectation on you? You know, you, you'll make them a better person uh, throughout time. But why not start with a good pattern? What is it about the bad boy or whatever that seems so attractive to some people? What is it that made you attracted to somebody that doesn't treat you or others right? And like you said, Mark, just observe them with other people. Well, they don't treat me like that. Well, why would you want to spend time with somebody that treats others badly as well? It's not just about you and how they treat you. And maybe they give you everything you want, but how do they treat children? How do they treat the neighbor's dog? You know, I mean, there's, there's 
uh, characteristics in a person's life as to how uh, they react when they're driving a car, you know, or something like that. Uh, you know, watch their behavior and their demeanor in all things that they do. Chris, those are great observations, particularly like if, if, if you're on a date and things don't go well, that, that's the best thing that could ever happen. Like flat tire, your reservation is lost. The meal was horrible, whatever. You want that. You want that happening at some point to say, okay, how are they going to react to this? You also want them being at services, Chris, I think, and you want them hearing a sermon that hits them the wrong way. You're going to want to see how open are they to truth. You want that as well. And then, Chris, there was another, there was another, oh, how do they get along with their parents? Um, it, 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 sometimes you run to people like, oh, I, I got this boyfriend or girlfriend, and she doesn't get along with anybody else, but she treats me great lie no 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 there's nobody like that out there uh eventually they're not going to treat you great you don't switch it off on and on like that and so i think chris that's that's a great point what do they say about other people what do they say about their parents if if they've got chaos in all their other relationships you know they're just a little tornado coming through okay you're gonna get caught up in that terry what do you got well, I'm thinking about uh, where do they go? If you start out with church, we mentioned that you go to church, but you find out they're a fake on Friday night because they want to go with you to the to a bar and uh, drink alcohol and and loosen their inhibitions, and they want to take take you into a private area where they can uh, uh, get you into a compromising situation. So you the red flags are all over the place with that. So where do they, where do you expect, do they have personal boundaries about uh, where they would take you and where would they would expect you to go along with them? Uh, red flags would be drinking, would be loosening your inhibitions about uh, fondling one another uh, before marriage. Uh, and so there, there are a lot of red flags that I would suggest, but church on Sunday and then the opposite on Friday night when you might be the date night or Saturday uh, where th these compromising situations just don't mesh with spiritual values that you say you're devouring at church and you're wanting that, that to be the spiritual life with this partner. If it doesn't match up, then uh, that's a red flag. You know, I just want to say, uh, get back to something you said earlier, Mark Dunnigan, and something that Terry said there. If you're on a date with somebody and and you discover they, they're wanting to explore your body rather than your mind, uh, you, if you're the girl and you're not driving, have him take you home. If you're the boy and driving uh, and this has happened to you, take her home. And so uh, we don't we don't need to to be dating people who want to explore our bodies, as as Terry said, fondly. We want to explore their minds, and we want them to explore our minds. And I tell you, I think a lot a lot of trouble can be avoided if we would do more courting, which takes place in the home, than dating, which takes place in the car. Uh, be in their home. Let their parents see what kind of person you are and see what kind of person they are. This is how you see what kind of person they are with their parents. You be in their home, 
have dinner with them, or if they don't invite you to dinner, uh, watch television with them, talk with them, uh, see what kind of things they talk about. See if they talk about the Bible. Uh, see if she's got godly parents. And if she does, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. And so we just need to, uh, there's no way you can know what's inside a person if you don't explore their minds. And, and as Terry pointed out earlier with reference to the, uh, the girl that was not physically attractive, uh, he found out later that she was very attractive spiritually. And, and that's what we need to seek. And the only way we can do that is by exploring one another's minds and comparing what we see with what the Bible uh, tells us. Yeah, how deep are they? I, and mm -hmm. I think you can find out there, I mean, what sort of conversationalists are they? And, and I, I was reading something the other day, Chris, or someone was talking about this, that marriage never has to become dull. Uh, monogamy never has to become kind of a dull relationship because peop, another person is made in the image of God. And if they're a Christian, they should be always growing, always learning. And in that sense, if one growing faithful Christian marries another, then it's a life of continual conversations of, about all sorts of topics and that you never really get to the bottom of the well. But man, if you're dating somebody and all you're getting back is one or two word answers uh, uh, or whatever, you know, th that's not good. You want someone that you can talk to about meaningful conversations eternal conversations for the rest of your life. Uh, Bob, you made a good point is that you need to bring this person around other people you trust, get another set of eyes because love is blind. And especially like if you're a girl, bring that boy to services and the other ladies with their antennas can, you know, and the other men can come up and, you know, does he smell right? So to speak. And, and if people love you, they will run him off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, that used to be part of a culture. Hey, you want me to run that guy off? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if they love you, they will do that for you. Chris, what's our next question? Ah, okay. I, uh, Chris, on this one, I like a rule that one, and, and this is what some suggestions for people out there. But one young lady said, yeah, I'll go on a date with you, but you come to services with me first. And it's not, oh, yeah, one day I'll come to services. No, before the first date, you come to, you come to church with me and you meet my family and we go out, we have dinner and things like that. And, and I thought that was at least a good because, I mean, I was a non-Christian when Cindy met me. So it wasn't that we should not like not give a non-Christian the time of day. But to me, the real big thing with the non-Christian is, is how quickly do they start reading their Bible, asking you questions, coming to services with you, being willing for a study um, on that. You got to have some other thoughts there, gentlemen. Well, I think this ties into what we just talked about in regard to the red flags, you know, um, you know, first off, are we promoting that you go to church to use as a dating service? You know what? I'm not going to be afraid to say, yeah, do it. Uh, use that as your first source to find a godly person. You're not going to find a person by accident. We've already said several times, that's where you go to find godly people. Where did, where did the apostles go to study with people? They went to the places where religious people met, where they prayed. They went to prayer meetings down by the river. They went to the synagogues, wherever it might be. You find godly people. 
and therein you'll find people that have a common interest that you have. If you go to the bars to find a person, that's the kind of person that you're going to find. If you go to sporting events to find a person, that's the kind of person. I'm not saying anything's wrong with sporting events. I'm just saying look at the priorities in a person's life. And if a non-Christian wants to date you, your boundaries or expectations of them, well, they're not going to have the same principles and goals of sexual morality. Uh, we've already talked about, you know, you know, a hands-off kind of policy here. I know our world doesn't like to hear things like abstinence and things like that. Uh, they're trying to, you know, um, pardon the expression, but, you know, use safety when it comes to sexual relationships, even in youth. And it should not be that way. And uh, parents need to do a better job training their children. Uh, that's where they get it in their, uh, you know, in their homes. Um, but at the same time, uh, you have folks in the church that are concerned about your soul salvation. And they are going to guide you in the right way. So your boundaries and expectations should be a resounding no. This is not what we're going to do. Uh, this is not how we're going to behave. And if you want to touch me in a certain way, if you want to spend time with me in a certain way, then this is what our end goal is going to be. Because as Christians, as I said earlier in this program, we're kind of on a fast track to finding out whether or not we're marriage material. You know, some folks go to schools that are kind of guided by religious principles. And, you know, the joke is to go to get your MR or your, or your MRS degree. <laughs> and you know what? We joke about it, but that's it's a good thing. When well, you that's go the, to places, sir. Yeah, that's the most important degree to get, right? I mean, yeah. Mark. I think Mark said that after becoming a Christian, the second most important choice in life is a mate. Yeah, your yeah. job's going to last a portion of your life. Your marriage relationship needs to last the rest of your life. Yeah, you know? a job. A job's not going to keep your head together, but a mate can help keep your head together. And if a young woman practices abstinence, she will never be an unwed mother. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, there are so many principles of of just integrity, you know, and uh, our world, I think, is changing its thinking a lot of times because they made these mistakes and now they want to go back and justify them but the and world, try to normalize things. The world wants to uh, no, uh, avoid prevention and go for uh, uh, correction. Right. Let's just not worry about what happens. We can always correct it later. Well, they've lost control over any kind of discipline. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're going to do it anyways. So here's what we need to do to provide. You know, it's like legalized sin. No. We're, you know, we need to say no. I don't know how to be more clear about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be like saying, well, they're going to shoplift anyway. So we need to make it safe for them mm -hmm. to shoplift. Second Timothy five, verse 22, Paul told Timothy, keep thyself pure. And we need to help them, a non-Christian to understand what the standards of purity are. The world world's standards, if they have any on that are completely out of whack, but we have to understand and we need to help them understand that here's what, here's what I believe that God has taught me to keep myself pure. A non-Christian will want you to go places, party with people, Things will put us in situations that will be high temptations, and Satan will take advantage of those things. He'll say, well, you're here. You might as well drink that. You might as well dance that. You might as well go over in that dark corner over there, and, and everybody there is doing it. The temptation will be more than you 
ever expect it to be. And so we have to make sure that we lay the ground rules early on that I have to keep myself pure because, uh, again, not that we can't be forgiven of sins. God forgives sins. But uh, living with regret, uh, I should have, could have, would have uh, done differently if I had known or if I would thought or if I'd listened to my parents. You don't want that. Make good decisions now. Young people can make good decisions now if they know the word of God. Mark, great observation. I would have people read 1 Corinthians chapter 6 on the, a lot of people don't realize, and the Holy Spirit makes a great argument concerning fornication. Um, you're with a harlot, you're one flesh. And, and I think the thought is that fornication is never casual. You, you, you're, that or the other person, in a sense, kind of always has a part of you, or there's a part of them in you. And you, it's not a casual thing. And it becomes part of you. And so I think there's a, a really good warning there. You just cannot do that and not suffer any consequences for that. All right. Chris, we got some other. Uh, we are quickly running out of time. So we'll go to our last question and try to incorporate some thoughts as we wrap up our program this evening. You know, Chris, I had two thoughts on this one. If they're unfaithful. On the, on the one hand, there are certain people absolutely no, you should never, <laughs> never even date that person, okay? The other aspect of this question, Chris, I thought of young people that sometimes have a, a list of human, kind of uh, human boxes that, well, I want them to be this tall and this color hair. And I think on this one, maybe this goes back to Terry's point. Make sure that you have not made an artificial list where you're crossing people godly people off the list from ever can because well they're not my height they're kind of not my build they're not kind of the color hair i'm looking at you may really miss something you may miss something there and i think there'd be a warning but i think in many situations man if you would never think about marrying them in a million years i would really think about like well what am i doing in that particular relationship them Am I, am I leading them? Am I sending a false signal? But gentlemen, you got any other thoughts? Well, let me add this real quick. And I think we've kind of, uh, pardon the expression, but danced around it just a little bit here in regard to the influence we have in life. Second uh, Corinthians 6 verses 14 through 15. I couldn't fit the whole verse on here, but it says simply, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? And then it goes on to conclude by saying, what portion has an un, uh, has a believer share with an unbeliever? You know, what are the things that you have in common? What are the things that hold your relationship together? Because if it's those childlike things, you know, uh, the, the things that you had fun in your youth, you'll grow old and tired of those things. If it's looks, as has already been mentioned, that changes. I tell you, and I, I'm, I'm not saying this bragging, but I used to be a lot better looking than I am now. <laughs> It takes a lot to hold it together because yeah, that, I want my wife to still that doesn't surprise me, Chris. <laughs> I'm looking more like Bob every day, you know. Like, but in all seriousness, we're, huh. we're you know, those things, you know, they, they go by the wayside. But who you are and your character and your belief and your faith, you will carry that with you through eternity. And so start working on that now. You know, there are some young men that that want to be preachers and elders and uh, they know that there's certain 
you know, characteristics that they should have, qualifications, especially for elders, you know, marriage being one of them, uh, raising godly children as well. And if a, if a young boy wants to be an elder in the church, uh, start young, you know, seek those as your goals, because there are women out there that want to have those goals as well. And they want to be as God created woman to be a help meet for man. And he leaves father and mother and cleaves to his wife. It's a, it's a beautiful plan. It's the oldest institution that God has created. You know, marriage was created before the church in a manner of speaking. And, uh, you know, God saw the wisdom of putting man and woman together from the very beginning. And they are going to help each other uh, strive to have a home in heaven with God someday. Chris, those are great observations. You know, uh, the passage you've tossed up there, Second Corinthians, I know some people over the years have said, well, that doesn't really apply to marriage. And you're going like, well, wait a minute. Marriage is like the most, the closest yoke that you're with anybody in life. I mean, if 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 that applies to like getting involved with people in the wrong business or the wrong friendship, then man, it has to apply the marriage because I don't know of a closer yoke than the one where you're with Jesus. And the second one is the person you marry. So I don't know, I'd really have people like yeah. reconsider that if someone's telling them that. Well, it's like I mentioned earlier in the lesson, you know, Ephesians 5 is talking about Christ and the church, but what's the comparison? the marriage relationship between a man and a woman. You know, when I looked at verses for this lesson, I've got page after page after page about dating. Well, every verse isn't about dating. A lot of the verses center around friendship and the importance of friendship. <laughs> and let me tell you something. You want to marry your best friend mm -hmm. because that's the person you're going to spend the rest of this physical life with. You want to marry the person that you're closest with and have the most common interest with and that common interest, first and foremost, better be God and everything else will fall into place. Well, what are some of the thoughts we have before we wrap up our program tonight as we're out of time? Yeah, absolutely, of, Chris. I knew of a girl that uh, got asked out by a, by a preacher one time and uh, well, somebody was wanting to be a preacher. And uh, she, there in no way she would ever marry a preacher, but he was sort of cute. So she went out with him. And she is my wife today. So sometimes <laughs> someone you don't think you would ever marry, you go out on a date, you just, anybody you date, you might marry. So be careful and don't overlook, like Mark said, and don't take a chance on uh, somebody said, oh, Terry's 10 out there. Well, I'm going, ooh, I might go date that 10 out there. Well, you might, you might be, you might get into trouble too. You just better be careful both ways. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to say this in regard to dating, not even think you, you look at uh, dating a couple of different ways. Sometimes I, I look at that question, should I date someone I never even I'll never marry in a million years? Well, if you just mean uh, go out casually and in a friendship arrangement, uh, hopefully to influence them in a godly way, uh, maybe even bring them to Christ, then. I'd say by all means, but if you mean by dating, get romantically involved with someone that you'll never marry or that you think you'd never marry in a million years, then I'd say, don't get romantically involved with anyone that you don't think you could uh, marry in a million years. So uh, it depends on your definition. What are you starting out with on this word date? What does that mean to you? And what, why are you 
why are you thinking about taking this person out? Is it to influence them to Christ, to bring them to Christ? Then by all means, is it because uh, I, I, I like the way they look and I, I, I feel some kind of uh, some kind of physical attraction to them. I don't think I don't think I'd be serious about marrying them, but I, I, I'm attracted to them and you want to date them for that reason, then I'd say, no, don't do that because you're letting your feelings guide your principles instead of your principles guide your feelings. And that's a totally different thing. So uh, be careful. What do you mean by that question? And then that will determine the answer. You know, it kind of reminds me of the, I'm sure we're familiar with like the Hallmark Channel movies where you've got a couple that knew each other in their youth or whatever and grew up dated for a while. And then they went their separate ways and they found each other again. Yes, they're cheesy. And yes, they always end up with each other. But there is a principle behind that that I think is true. And I've seen it happen in life. And as you mentioned, Terry, uh, if you want to spend time with somebody to encourage them and, you know, have somebody to have some companionship to go to church with, you know, sit with, sing with, go and have uh, you know, fun with other kids or young people from uh, the congregation, and you want to encourage them to become Christians, well, then, like you said, by all means, do that. And then, you know, l sit back and let them find that faith. Let them prove themselves to have grown in the Lord. And then maybe years later down the road, you reconnect again, and you see that this has become a person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. So yes, we're not advocating the casual relationships and casual dating and things like this. Uh, we want dating to have a purpose. Um, and uh, be careful of the friends that you keep. And I'll just recommend this because I experienced it personally, is that before my wife and I ever even considered dating uh, for about a year, we were friends. We were friends. And, um, and just one day, everything clicked. And uh, that friendship, uh, I think, helped us more than anything. And, of course, it all began uh, with our relationship with God. Any last thoughts before we uh, close out our program, guys? It's been a good, interesting discussion. I think we covered every base, and I enjoyed it, guys. Okay. And just to answer Brian Garlock's question, I, I happen to uh, watch with my wife. Because sometimes you have to sacrifice and sometimes you have to maintain a loving relationship. And so, yes, I watch Hallmark movies. Do you watch Lifetime? <laughs> yeah. What's that, Bob? Do you watch Lifetime? No. Do you draw the line there? I draw the line. You're you're a better man than me, Chris. <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should send Brian like a box of Hallmark movies or something like that or is there a hallmark movie of the month club you know that we could send brian that would probably be a great christmas present he would probably really enjoy that yeah. we'll get together and have a little hallmark movie um uh powwow that'll be our next study <laughs> but you know and since we're talking about it casually uh, even that channel is starting to get more uh worldly in a lot of the things that they do and so uh have to be careful of the entertainment and the things that you do enjoy. I hate to put a bad damper on some of that kind of thing, but um, yes, it's it's hard to find godly relationships in our world today. So you're going to have to stick 
with godly people. Well, guys, it's been a, a good night, good discussion. There's certainly a lot more that we can say. We've had a lot of good comments in the chat, so go back and read some of those if you'd like to go back and see uh, this program again. And uh, we hope to see uh, at least some of you tomorrow on the Wednesday Q&A. Well, we hope that you'll join us for that Q&A. If uh, you have a question, uh, don't forget to uh, go to uh, Answering Religious Error and uh, you can bring up the questions at questions at answeringreligiousair.com. There you go. Email us at questions at answeringreligiousair.com and we'll be happy to add your questions to the live Bible Q&A every Wednesday at 12 noon. And also, we have some other programs that we'd like to make you aware of throughout the week. Of course, Bob Myhan uh, has his program called Bob's Bible Basics, Monday nights at 8 p.m. on YouTube and uh, Facebook as well. So just look at Bob's Bible Basics. On Thursday evenings, you can find uh, godly women who are studying God's Word, much in the manner we are. Uh, older women likewise. It's Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, you can find women, uh, a program for women uh, by women, and it will encourage you in your faith. And then uh, you may have heard uh, Mark refer to a story about, um, you know, having to go out and deal with a snake in the yard. Well, uh, he tells an extended version of that story on his program called The Daily Answer Podcast. And that comes to you every day. You'll have to go back about, I don't know, 60 episodes or so to find it. Uh, but it's out there somewhere. But every day, Monday through Friday, uh, you'll hear Mark Dunnigan starting as early as five o'clock in the morning. Just go to your favorite podcast platform and tell it to play the daily answer. And uh, Mark shares with us stories about uh, life, his childhood, but most importantly, making a Bible connection to many things. I think today was his 66th episode. So he has really uh, done a lot of good work for uh, answering religious error in doing this program. So find the daily answer, start your day and uh, end your day with the daily answer. And of course, podcast wise, you can find this program on your favorite podcast platforms uh, shortly after this program airs. So we hope that you'll tune in again and uh, listen again at some of the things that we had to share and uh, comment on those. Just send us a message at questions at answeringreligiousera.com. We thank you for tuning in tonight and thank you for uh, coming and being with us each week. We'll see you tomorrow on the Wednesday program, uh, live Bible Q&A. Until then, have a good rest of the evening. We'll see you next time right here on Answering Religious Era.